Welcome to this edition of Sean and Dee's Good Tape. That's from Saturday Night Live. Just last night, as we're recording this on a Sunday morning, the Foo Fighters on Saturday Night Live singing a really cool. I wanted to open up with it because I thought it was so cool and different from the normal way that they sing times like these. Hello, Bungo. Our long national nightmare is over, Sean. Foo Fighters have announced their new album. Did, is that a new song that they played last night, by the way? Shame, shame. Yes. I had Medicine not- at Midnight. Out February 5th, I've already pre-ordered it on the smoked purple vinyl from their official website. Nice, nice. So uh, yes. so um, you you should have that in your mailbox on February 5th. Is that right? The way that works? Yeah. Well, if I'm home, it'll be. Yeah. There. But Very cool. We'll, yeah. What what'd you think of the new song? I dug it. You know what? It was like Dance of the Clairvoyance. It was different. You know, like it was one of those things where it was like, oh, fuck, that's the Foo Fighters. But it's not necessarily Foo Fighter-ish. Right. It sounded a but, lot different, it, but it was good. Yeah. And Dance of the Clairvoyance is probably one of my favorite songs off the, the new, uh, off of Gigaton, just because it's so different. And it's, it's yeah. Oh, it's so, it's so good. I'm so happy to have new music from them. Yeah, it was an interesting episode of Saturday Night Live, of course, um, coming uh, just a few hours after the uh, presidential race wrapped up for the year. And of course, SNL went uh, heavy with uh, politics last night, as you expect that they might. But also Dave Chappelle on the show was uh, was interesting too, just the way that he uh, the way that he handled it and the way that he uh, kind of talked talked to Americans and stuff like that. It, I, you can tell that they knew where it was going to go and they planned accordingly, but they also had to throw some of that show together last minute. That monologue is so was ab- absolutely perfect. Uh, just making people uncomfortable with the decisions you, some people have made the last few years. Uh, it was brilliant. Fucking brilliant. The whole show was brilliant. The whole show was brilliant. Like, like the uncle. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. I didn't get to see all of it because when I got up this morning, I'm too old to stay up and watch Saturday night live while it's actually on. I'm more like Saturday night live taped, if you will. Um, but, uh, but when I got up this morning and looked the Notre Dame Clemson game, which was a huge upset for Notre Dame last night, went into so many overtimes. I only had like 30 minutes. So I had to watch YouTube clips of, so I haven't seen everything that was on the show, but I did enjoy the, uh, the aunt Jemima, uncle Ben, um, skit that they the had where guy. he was being the all-state guy and he was doing the deep voice and I, and I can't think of what that dude's name is but he was on 24 and he's been on some other shows but he's got that really deep voice and and dave Chappelle did an awesome job imitating it it was really cool that he could do that and, and the fact that he almost broke right at the beginning of it was, yeah. was hilarious yeah they Just were all they were all breaking you know they it was it was really uh and then him talking about pete davidson and his lips and stuff like that i mean it was just a, it was couch yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was good stuff if you haven't seen it yet make sure you check out you know a few skits from uh from last night but this week's show let's get into it um we've got uh our covers show this week and we've got 
more songs than what we normally do. We 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 started listening to covers and liked um, more than what we uh, normally do. And, and and all week long, I kept thinking, "Fuck, I should have put that one." Like, God yeah. damn it, I should have had that one. And uh, but you know, we're gonna do this for a while. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so let's get into side one, and you've got the the lead off with our Pearl Jam song for the week. We've been waiting to do this song for a long time. Uh, it's one of both of our favorite cover songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crown of Thorns, originally by Mother Love Bone and performed by Pearl Jam. This this version that's going to be on the playlist uh, is is from their uh, their 10th anniversary show in Las Vegas. And uh, they talk about it a lot on the uh, PJ20 documentary. And it's, uh, if you don't know, Stone Gotsard and uh, uh, the rhythm guitarist and uh, uh, Jeff Ahmed, the, uh, the bassist were originally in that band with uh, Andrew Wood, who sang this song Mother Love Bone, from Mother Love Bone. And th- this was kind of Eddie's way of acknowledging, you know, this is, you know, part of our history. And it's fucking so goddamn powerful. I, I would I would honestly say, you know, I, w- I listened to both versions and I'm so used to the Pearl Jam one that the Mother Love Bone one seems like it's the cover version because I've heard the Pearl Jam one so much. And, and, and a lot of these songs uh, that we're, we're, we're going to talk about are like that. Well, uh, maybe half of the songs that were, you know, like it just, you know, just going back to the Nirvana Unplugged sidebar. Did I bring this up last week where I was talking about the man? About the what? Uh, the, 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 the conversation I had with the airman about Nirvana Unplugged and how transcendent it was. No. Uh, yeah. Okay. So speaking about songs uh in seattle scene uh a younger airman you know that i met here we were talking about music and he brought up nirvana unplugged and just talking about how fucking powerful that show is and the reason that made me think of that was uh you know like you listen to these originals you know like man who sold the world by david bowie uh or or the meat puppet songs or even you know the uh where'd you sleep last night like the songs sound like we know them as Nirvana songs, and uh, but 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 yeah, this is a 26 year old kid who is talking about how fucking unbelievable that Nirvana Unplugged performance is. But anyhow, out of the sidebar, were you going to say something else about uh, you? You were saying no. something when you went into the sidebar, so I didn't want to cut you off. So yeah, and it's it, okay. Yeah, so so this song, um, the first time I really heard it was when the Pearl Jam Twenty album came out, and I and you you burned me a copy of it, I do believe, and I was listening to it. I'm like, man, that is an awesome song. Just it's a it's a fascinating song. And then when you put it together with Chloe Dancer, you know, which they do a lot in concert, they'll play Chloe Dancer and then play Crown of Thorns because the songs do butt up with each other and they they kind of flow into each other. It's it's um it makes it even that much more powerful. And, and as you've got in the notes, this, the song, the, the Chloe dancer part of the song is about Andy, Andy Woods, uh, fiance who was dancing in a strip club to support the pair as wood tried to break through in the music industry, which is why dancers in the title, but she only lasted an hour before deciding that it wasn't for her, which, I mean, I can understand that. I don't think being a stripper is probably the most fun thing in the world, even if you are trying to support yourself. But, um, but, uh, yeah, the the songs just flow into each other so well. Even the music, I think, is is probably what makes them flow into each other even better, even more than the lyrics. Oh my gosh! And the way the band as a whole performs it, uh, 
if uh, if you follow us on Instagram, uh, I, I posted the originals playlist uh, as as an early surprise in the stories. Uh, and uh, and I, I'm assuming everybody who knows me knew what it was leading to this this song. But uh, uh, oh, <laughs> the way the band performs, especially at that show, that Vegas show that was showcased in uh, 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 PJ20, uh, it just remarkable in the way Eddie's delivers it, in the way Mike, who doesn't have anything to do with that man either, you know, just emotionally giving you know, Jeff and Stone that nod, like, hey, you know, like, you guys are here. Uh, we're, we're here because of you guys. Mm -hmm. This is all, this is all like, and, and Eddie Wood was so charismatic. Yeah. And, uh, but he, I mean, he, and he was, and he was actually very conscious of his issues because the song is about his drug addiction. You know, oh, yeah. essentially it's, 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 a, it's about a lead singer, Andy Woods, Muse fiance, Zana LaFuente, who had planned to be a stripper to support the pair, but left the club after one hour. Like you said, Crown of Thorns was written about the nasty breakup over his on and off, on and off again, dabbling in heroin, which he eventually dies from. This song is about a relationship ruined by drugs, she explains. He wrote it about our near breakup and how I tried to control him in the drug drugs hence his allusion to being tied to the ceiling uh and and, and it's you know important to note like in that pj20 documentary also that uh chris cornell and andy wood were roommates and this was one of those songs that they bounced that like they he chris cornell talked about in that in documentary how they would you know go to their rooms and write songs and uh uh you know bounce them off of each other and and like could you imagine being in that in that apartment? No. Listening to Cornell and Andy Wood, you know, talking about this song or or or, or you know, and like just remarkable. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm sure it was I'm sure it was. Speaking of Chris Cornell, did you hear the Howard Stern Eddie Vetter interview from earlier this week? It's perfect. Absolutely. I did. Yeah, of course I did. It was yeah. Like, that's yeah, the, it, that's it, the and, first time, and, that's the first time Eddie's really talked about Chris Cornell at any length since he um, passed away. Howard Stern, you know, for all his faults for, you know, you know, the type of person and, and humor sense of humor he has, uh, he's a great interviewer. Mm -hmm. He got a lot out of Eddie better in, in that. Uh, yeah, no, it was remarkable. Uh, and, and again, going, we're in a covers episode and we've talked about, uh, you know, how many songs Chris Cornell has covered. Mm -hmm. We could have done an entire episode of Chris Cornell covers. He likes to cover songs and, or and, like to and, cover songs. Yeah. yeah, no doubt about it. Well, so. God, if, you sing, if you sing like that, Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, yeah, he's got one of the better rock voices or really better voices in any music genre that you'll, uh, that you'll find anywhere. There's no doubt. And you know how much I love Pearl Jam and Eddie Vedder, but there are two two voices better than Eddie Vedder's, in my opinion, and that's Chris Cornell and Lane Staley. Mm, Lane Staley, that's interesting. Hmm. I don't know. They're they're all three. I mean, I think I think that's a that's a like Michael Jordan, LeBron James argument where you can you can make a valid point on any side of of that of who the best who the best is amongst those three. That's oh, tough. Oh. Yeah. I'd probably actually, I'd probably actually give it, I know it's weird that you're the, you're the Pearl Jam, like, you know, the biggest Pearl Jam fan ever, but I think I'd probably give it to Eddie. 
honestly, out of those three. And, I, and I, I think Chris Cornell's voice is great too, but I think Eddie's is better. I do. But that's, I mean, it's all about opinion. Sure. Yeah. No, Chris Cornell, hands down, Sean, has the most, <laughs> the greatest voice of our generation as far as singing. <laughs> uh, so anyhow, Crown of Thorns. Yeah. Uh, it's a, uh, uh, the song is also included in, in the uh, 2003 concert DVD Live at the Garden, in which Pearl Jam vocalist Eddie Vedder, in tribute to the late Wood, said, I think Jeff and Sim will back me up on this. Andy would have loved it here. And what he's talking about is just how charismatic uh, Andy Wood was mm-hmm. uh, in, in his live performances. Like, like this was pre-grunge, but still not you know, the hair metal horseshit. Uh, I, I say horseshit. I don't mean that, but it's a, that's like, that's like, that's like 22 year old D coming back, trying to, trying to say exactly, that he's too cool exactly. for hair metal. 22 year old D, 23 year old D who owns all of those fucking CDs. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, the, Who's going to get the, off the, here and go listen to living on a prayer after we're done. So. <laughs> oh shit. There's some good Bon Jovi covers too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. Well, next song as we move on, cause I don't want to get stuck on anything for too long today. Um, uh, is uh, a song we've actually talked about in length, so we don't need to talk about it a ton because you can go back and listen to our past episode where we had the Nine Inch Nails version of this song on a show. But I, I couldn't not have this on here, even though we've talked about it, and it's Hurt by Johnny Cash, because in my opinion, this is one of the best covers of taking a song, talking about making it your own, of taking a song that somebody else did, changing it up so much and making it about you that it doesn't even seem like it's a cover song whatsoever. Grant Reznor said, I pop the video in now, and wow, tears welling, silence, goosebumps. Well, you know, I felt like I just lost my girlfriend because the song isn't mine anymore. It really made me think about how powerful music is as a medium and an art form. I wrote some words and music in my bedroom as a way of staying sane about a bleak and desperate place I was in, totally isolated and alone. Somehow, that winds up being reinterpreted by a music legend from a radically different era genre and still retain sincerity and meaning different but every bit as pure yeah i mean this song this song is when you watch the video for hurt by johnny cash you see a man who is um getting old his wife i think by the time the video came out she was dead even though she was in the video um she had passed away like right around the time the song came out and it, and it almost seems like a song about, you know, somebody who has, who has regrets in life and he's sad that it's coming to an end. And I mean, just, just the way that it all flows, it just, it's so powerful and it does, it kind of takes you back when you, when you watch it, just like Trent Reznor said, you know, it kind of stops you in your tracks when you see it for the first time. And, and, and I think we talked about it on that show. Uh, when I saw Nine Snails live a few times, like he closes the show with this song uh, because it's personal to him too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the way Johnny Cash and Rick Rubin fucking did it, just unbelievable. Like just so fucking powerful. Yeah. Well, and like you said, at that concert that you went to with Nine Inch Nails and Soundgarden, where Chris Cornell said, you're going to hear, uh, hear uh, bands cover two Johnny Cash songs tonight, or however it was that he put it. I mean, that's, um, that's just that, that in itself says how cool those songs turned out when Johnny Cash did them. The other one being yeah, Rusty yeah, Cage by Soundgarden. Cage. 
breast yeah. decays in her. But yeah. but yeah, it's so powerful, mm-hmm. so powerful. And all of those Rick Rubin, Johnny Cash albums are amazing. I've got that box set. I think we talked about this mm-hmm. on that, yeah. that show. Like, like again, we could have done a fucking entire episode of Johnny Cash covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably Johnny Cash covers of Chris Cornell songs. <laughs> that would have been, Did Chris Cornell ever cover any Johnny Cash songs? We could really just blow oh, everybody's sure minds did. with that. I'm sure he did. We'll get back to you. On that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, next song, because we, we, like I said, you can go back and listen to our episode where we had hurt from the nine inch nails version of it. Um, also, but, um, the next song is yours and we go back to Beatleland. We've had Beatles on for, for a couple weeks in a row now. The first time. Okay. So first of all, Florence and Florence Welch of Florence and machine is God, an incredible goddamn voice. And the first time I heard her sing this, and it's this, uh, at live at Abbey Road, and it's it's on the uh, the special edition of uh, uh, the tenth anniversary of her, of her album Lungs. Uh, oh my gosh! Like just the power in her voice is outstanding, outstanding. Like almost like every time I hear it, just goddamn goosebumps. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is a shine down guy. You know, trying to be a fucking prima donna. Uh, you know, this is a Whitney Houston level of fucking uh, great voice. Why do you hate Shine Down and love Nickelback? It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> well, Nickelback wrote that great song Mas Tequila, so I have to sort of, you know. Yeah. See, see, you always try to turn it into something about Mas Tequila. Mm. <laughs> Fight the power, Sean. <laughs> Um, I thought one thing that was interesting from the notes that doesn't have to do with the cover version so much, but, uh, that, um, that John Lennon felt that he could have sang the song better than Paul McCartney. I thought that was, uh, that was, um, very interesting from an interview that he did in 1980. Um, I mean, Paul sings it pretty well. It's, it's a pretty good song. And you know what, and it would, it would be interesting to hear John sing it, but because it's hard to tell the difference on this, but Paul fucking nails it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I also like the uh, the note about the Yoko Ono getting divorced, which in the Let It Be sessions, which was basically what you know shut the Beatles down. <laughs> you yeah. know, like they were recording the song and everybody was rejoicing about it. Uh, but Jesus Christ, Florence and the Machine are like her voice. Uh, I, I sidebarish. Yeah. We're still talking about Florence and the Machine. But I, I spoke with uh, Katie this week, my niece, and uh, uh, me and her were really into uh, uh, one of her albums with uh, No Light, No Light. And uh, and speaking of Saturday Night Live, like I remember the first time I, I heard a song by her was on that show. And uh, and like literally, you know, again, coming home from work and, and late at night from Cole's. Uh, watching it and just like holy shit her voice is beautiful just tears rolling down my face like just outstanding like the emotion of it is it's yeah it's so fucking good what song did she sing when when nirvana was inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame didn't she sing one of the three songs that they did no you're thinking of lord oh okay i'm getting them confused okay all right and that was all apologies okay all right I remember Joan Jett, but I couldn't remember who the other ones were for sure. Joan Jett, Kim Gordon, Lord, and I think they all did one at the end. Yeah. 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 
So, um, yeah, very good, uh, very good rendition of it, though. Can't I mean, if we if we vote on these, as I kind of said, I thought the Pearl Jam one seems more like I, I like the Pearl Jam version of Crown of Thorns better than the original one, which I think sure. it's just because it's Pearl Jam and familiar. Um, now I'm getting my, my artist get Florence and the machine did a great job with this song. If I'm rating them between the two, it's pretty close, even though the Beatles is such an iconic song. Absolutely. What what was the song we, we oh her Johnny Cash obviously Johnny Cash is yeah I mean they're 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 those two almost aren't the same song though you know like we talked about so it's hard to it's hard to really say because Johnny just made it his own so much I mean unlike anything else that we've got on this list Johnny Cash made that his song you know so it's just although different. although the next song we're going to talk about in Hello Leia. <laughs> She's back to everybody. Uh, the next song we're about to talk about is probably the best version of the song. Yeah, uh, but I but but even again though, it's not a song that she made her song. This is actually a song that Garth Brooks made his song, not a song that Adele made her song. The song is uh, "Make You F- Make You Feel My Love" by Adele. I mean, in terms of popularity, you you can't touch that. There's no way you can argue with me on that. Well, I can, but I won't. Uh, did you realize it was a Bob Dylan song? Yeah. I, 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 I was debating between Garth Brooks and Adele on which one to put on here. And I decided to put Adele because everybody knows the Garth Brooks version of it because people think that Garth wrote it or that he performed it first. But, but, um, actually Billy Joel performed it first, which I thought was fascinating. I didn't know that, that, uh, the song make you to make you or make you feel my love. Bob Dylan wrote it. Billy Joel performed it first. Garth Brooks took it and made it into an absolutely huge hit. And then Adele covered it for her first album in what? 2008. Is that right? The 19 album. Yeah. So her first album that came out that most people don't uh, know as much as they do 21. And what is the other one? 25. Yeah. I think that's right. They do it. She does it by the age that she is when she puts the albums out. Right. Yeah. Well, when she wrote the albums. Yeah. So this version, this version is fantastic though she just i mean as adele does with everything that she sings she just knocks it out of the park and we we talked about this a couple of weeks ago like like her voice and just like florence and, and a couple other uh, artists we're going to talk about coming up just like hearing the song just unbelievable goosebumps just from their voice just the emotion they put into it it's so amazing did you think it, this was a garth brooks song by the way that's what I remembered. I actually forgot it was on that Bob Dylan album. Uh, and it's funny to bring up Bob Dylan and Adele, like they could not have two different voices right. <laughs> in the world. And uh, it won't be the last time we talk about Bob Dylan uh, on, on the show, not this episode, but uh, there's some, you know, he's a master songwriter. Yeah. Uh, if but, you, uh, if you haven't heard this version though, you've got to, you got to check it out because it's, it's outstanding. The Adele version. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, any, I mean, the Garth Brooks version is really good too. It's not, there's nothing against the Garth Brooks version. I just, I like this one a little bit better though. I actually heard the Garth Brooks version before I heard the Bob Dylan version. My sister uh, uh, was a huge Bob Dylan fan. I, I guess technically still is a huge Bob Dylan fan, but, uh, uh, and she really loved the time out of mind album that this came out on. And, uh, I completely forgot about it. Like the only, I saw that you put it, you know, you chose that. And all I could think about was the Garth Brooks version of it. And uh, 
And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I realized, oh, fuck, it's not even Garth Brooks' song. Right. I forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good song, no matter how you look at it. I did. I, I went back and listened to the Bob Dylan version when you sent the original artists and, and I will say it doesn't seem like this. It's kind of like the Johnny Cash thing. It almost doesn't seem like the same song because of the way Dylan sings it compared to Garth or Adele. It just doesn't, Bob does a totally different version of it. That doesn't feel the same as either of those other two. I, he's such an enigmatic figure. Like I, I would be curious to hear what he thought about these people covering his songs. Like, I think, I think he's arrogant enough to think that his version is better, but I think he's also probably pleased enough that to know that, that, that they took these songs to this level. Well, and, and taking it to pop and taking it to country made them hear, it made the song heard by so much a bigger audience than it ever would have been heard before. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And Dylan is, and God being that, well, and being that Garth recorded it in like 1997 or 1998, and then Adele ten years later, it brought it back also, which probably made him a lot of money, quite frankly. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So the next song on the list is is yours, but I want to start off just by saying it's probably my favorite of the ones that we had on here this week, just because. Um, it's it's just got a really cool vibe to it that the original version doesn't have, which I love the original version. Don't get me wrong, but this one just has a has a really cool vibe to it that takes it to a different level. So, when I was here in Germany last in 2017, uh, the song that's going to be the uh, the second to last song uh, led me on a YouTube wormhole that I discovered this song, this this band. It's a brass against. Killing in the Name of by Raging It's Machine. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, Don. Uh, her voice and, and the way that this New Orleans brass band just fucking nails this song. It's so outstanding. And, and oh, so, and, and I'll talk about it in the, in, you know, when we get to the other song. So this was the second song I discovered, but uh, at the end with the fuck you, I won't do what you tell me, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sitting there like, oh, okay, good, good. She got to do that part. And her voice, again, just like Florence, like Adele, it's just so moving and powerful. Like that's what draws you in. And I'm just like, oh, please let her do the motherfucker part. (laughs) I literally burst into tears when she did the month i i know listen i i i don't know what the fuck is wrong with you me. cry a lot man <laughs> i do i do i do and, and and honestly at this point at this point in time when i was here in germany i i gotten off my uh, meds oh. <laughs> which is not a good idea and and so it was a uh, uh that probably had a little bit to do with it but it's so powerful it, yeah. it, it's just music that's exactly that's why i love talking about this shit every week and I'm not playing, just, you know, you know, a lot of times I'll, I'll play a little bit of the music as we go along and I'm not doing it on purpose this time because people need to go check these songs out and I don't want to give little snippets and then you not go listen to the playlist because these songs are worth listening to all the way through. I think all of them are worth listening to all the way through. There's no real bad covers that we've got on here or anything. Um, this one, this one just happens to be my favorite because I love the brass section in the song. I think it just takes it to a different level than where it was at before. The other, the other great thing, uh, and, and we did not plan this, 
Early in the week, Donald Trump supporters dancing to one of the band's most popular songs, Killing in the Name of. Tom Morello tweeted, not exactly what we had in mind. <laughs> when did that happen? I didn't see that. Oh, this was yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. The, they're, uh, uh, the video, which was posted to Twitter by user Manny, uh, I won't use his name, shows several Trump supporters dancing to the band's song, Killing in the Name in Philadelphia as ballots were being counted in Pennsylvania. Well, that's unsettling. Hmm. In the video, the song chorus can heard with the lyrics that say, those who died are justified for wearing the badge. They're the chosen whites. The song's about police brutality. And and this this goes back to the conversation we had last week where, uh, you know, politicians and people take songs uh, out of context. Do you have a comment? No, I do, but I'm going to keep it to myself right now. Is, is it? Okay. Yeah. It was a political uh, comment that just needs to be left in my head yes. and not be said out loud. Yeah. So, yes. yes. Uh, it's a, uh, uh, but it goes back to what I was talking about is like, they just don't get it. Like they hear these words. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Did the dog bite you? <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> the dog is trying to ruin anyhow uh, I'm trying to ruin you can't, you can't you can't leave us hanging let the audience know what's the dog doing no she's like super playful and yeah she lost her toy <laughs> and now she's on your lap <laughs> and now she's fighting oh there it is, there it is. oh my gosh wow <laughs> i love it that was the point that she decided to interrupt. You've got you've got the dog Elliot standing at the top of the stairs staring at me, thinking, "When are you going to be done, Dad? We got other stuff to do today." Hey, um, <laughs> fuck you! I won't do it. <laughs> I'm going to say that to my seven year old son. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Hey, uh, so anyhow, yeah, no, it, it's this goes exactly back to the point. Okay. Exactly back to my the point I was making last week was they take these songs out of context and uh, uh that's a dog treats for those listening at home <laughs> trying to calm it down he's gonna uh, forget his point here in just a second i can see no, it coming no, it, no it, it was exactly my point was and you got coronavirus from a dog while he was in germany <laughs> <laughs> In Germany during the soft lockdown. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, no. It goes back to the point I was trying to make last week, which uh, Jen from France backed me up on, is these politicians and these people that, that just listen to the chorus, whether they be raucous and, and, and heartening and, and, and lively or not, but you don't pay attention to the fact that killing in the name of is talking about police brutality. And, and and the the uh, the injustice that the that African Americans face in the United States, you know, it's it's some of those that burn crosses are the same that hold office. And how the fuck can I do this with this goddamn dog? You know what I'm thinking? I'm sitting here thinking we're, we're about halfway through. 
we're about halfway through. So why don't we do this? Why don't we end this episode? Because, <laughs> because I've got kids staring at me and you've got a dog barking at you. Why don't we do the other five songs as a bonus episode? And we'll just put it up next week. And we'll finish up this song really quick, and then we'll just we'll just do the other five songs as next week's episode, and we'll have back to back cover episodes. What do you think? What do you think, Leia? I think that I think she'd love it. <laughs> how, long, how long is this episode? We're already thirty five minutes in, so I think we're all good. So, yeah, you got anything else to say about this song? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done. We're done for the week. We will we will pick it back up next week with our last five cover songs. And it, hey, it saves us some work this week. Thanks, Leia. We appreciate that. So, uh, all right. You got anything else, D? Yes. <laughs> no, he's done. All right.